This is a CNA podcast. Guys, in a few words, could you give us your thoughts on the following side hustles? Good for experience. Cha-ching! Yeah. <laughs> Online stores. You have to build it up. Build a brand. Entrepreneurship. It's a learning process. Mm. Demanding. Financing a business. There are a couple of ways of doing it. Mm. Be careful. Starting a business with your girlfriend or boyfriend. Make it work. Fun and exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Money Talks. I'm Sarah Alcaldi. If you're on Instagram, there's a pretty high chance you're following a business account. It could be a home-based baker, a highly exclusive private chef, or a friend who sells customized jewelry. The thing is, social media has transformed what it means for an ordinary man on the street to have a thriving income. All you need are good photos or videos, items that people want to buy, and a sustainable system to transact and deliver your goods. It's the best of both worlds. You can do it without giving up your day job and without incurring traditional overhead expenses. But is having an online business as easy as it looks? How can you thrive in a marketplace of millions competing for people's time and attention? And how much money can you really make? My guests today are co-founders of online store Style Degree, Fu Chuan An and Tan Shiyun. Thanks so much, guys, for coming down and joining us. Thanks for having us, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having us, Sarah. Style Degree started back in 2016 out of a bedroom, and you guys were still undergraduates during that time. You started with travel organizers, then eventually moved on to home organizational items. So in a sense, it was a side hustle that you turned into your full-time gig. So how did you find a winning product? For us, we actually take pride in our product a lot. So it's something that we pay a lot of attention to and we invest a lot of time and money into it. Before COVID hit, we tend to go to trade shows overseas in regions around Singapore, be it in China, Hong Kong, South Korea. We find that having a one-on-one conversation with the supplier really helps a lot. And we get to see the -the behind-the-scenes aspect of the product. For example, the manufacturing process, how the quality checks are being put in place. So it's good to have a first-hand experience and it has been very helpful for us. And actually, our customers give us quite good product ideas as well. Really? For example, we have customers that said that their switches mm-hmm. are very confusing to them. Oh, they don't know yeah. like which switch mm-hmm. turns on which light, appliance yeah. or which light. So we created this series of switch sticker labels, something small mm-hmm. and simple mm-hmm. that our customers can actually use and apply on their switches mm. and it helps them out. Yeah. We always get Instagram DMs like, oh, can you guys create a product that solves yeah. this need? My home needs this mm-hmm. and things like that. At what point did you realize that this side hustle can be done for the long term? I think when we graduated, so that was in 2018. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's four years back. We had a good size of customer orders daily. So we thought that like, why not we try to put in all our effort and do it full time, try to grow a brand that we are proud of. Because when we first started, it's all very lean and we didn't really have a brand story that we could tell. 
So we we're thinking like, okay, maybe since we're still young, so young, twenties, right? In your twenties, yeah. late twenties, but late twenties. During that time, it was around mid twenties, oh, early twenties. So yeah. no regrets. Oh, okay. You know yeah. that kind of That's no regrets, true. that kind of hustle, and when we still have the energy and the drive to do this, let's just try it to mm. see where it can take us. Yeah. Online selling. Whether it's via your own website, on e-commerce platforms like Lazada, Shopee, mm. or even Instagram stores, it's easily seen as a popular side hustle. We've all seen drop shipping ads on YouTube. Yes. But how difficult is it to start an online business in Singapore? I think a lot of people have this conception that online business is something that is quite easy and maybe it's a get-rich-quick kind of approach. But I beg to differ because it's actually quite an impressive operations. First of all, in the front end side of things, you have to have a good product out there. You have a good brand. You have to make sure that your customer trusts you. You have to answer inquiries, things like that. And at the back end, you also have to have a set of processes and systems to really keep the front end going. For example, warehouse management systems to fulfill orders efficiently. To reply to customers efficiently and a lot of behind the scenes things, so it's not as easy as people think it is. But at the same time, it's definitely easier than a brick and mortar store because mm. there's more upfront costs involved mm -hmm. in a brick and mortar store. So I would say that it takes a lot of time, a lot of patience to build up this brand presence as an online brand. Do you think it can be a side hustle though? You guys turned it into a full-time job. But what about those who say, no, I have a full-time job, but maybe I just want to do something on the side. Do you think it's something you can do part-time? I would say if you want to go in for the longer term, it's something that you really have to put in the effort to do it because side hustles, things that can be built in a couple of weeks, you can always just close it down and things like that. But when it gets really serious, that's where you need to think about how you're going to sustain for the longer term. So side hustles are things like maybe you don't really put in much effort, you just have this mentality that I just want to make more money. Mm. But that's the kind of wrong mindset that people are in for it because what we are in for the longer term is to build a brand that can positively infect our customers and we really feel good creating content that people actually love, share and like. Mm. So I would say profits are an outcome. It is important for business growth in this area, but it shouldn't be an end goal if you want to start a business. I see. I think Site Hustle is definitely mm. useful in gaining some experience to test out the water and maybe mm. it's less risky before you commit your energy and your resources into a full-time endeavour. So mm. Site Hustle is definitely a good way to start out. I see. In Singapore, you can buy pretty much anything online, especially after COVID. All these online stores are popping up. Do you think there's still space for others to jump in and open new stores or provide new products, especially here in the Singapore market? Is it too crowded for others? I would say, why not? Because I think as long as you have a passion for your product, you know what you are doing with your item and things like that. It can be not just a product, it can be a service. So I see quite a lot of people on TikTok just selling handmade things. That's yeah. also quite a good side hustle. But mm -hmm. you can see the amount of effort they put into their business. Mm -hmm. And I would say if you really want to go and give it a try, just try it out. If let's say this niche doesn't work out for you, you can pivot. You can start off with just selling one item and then from there get consumer feedback. 
and expand mm. the range of items. So I would say don't be too defeated by, oh, there are a lot of competitors around. If you really want to do it, I think your intuition comes in play and you have this passion about your product, your service. You really want to have this mission of maybe just making people happy through your products. I think that works too. So don't be too discouraged by the competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as you have a passion in your product or your offering, I think it's worth a shot giving it a go and seeing how far it can take mm-hmm. you. So you definitely have to find some points of differentiation. Maybe your product does it better or different than your competitors online. I think you can just give it a try. And how did you guys try to differentiate yourselves from your competitors? Mm. So for us mainly, it is about building a brand that emotionally connects with our customers. So for that to happen, our product has to be targeted to our customers' needs. Maybe our storage racks are foldable so they are easily assembled. So these kind of small things that customers who are into organization would actually want to have. Mm -hmm. And the customer experience is also very important. So when they unbox a style degree package that they purchase online, we want to provide this form of excitement, this form of pleasant experience for the customers. And whenever they want to learn about home organization, they can just simply go on to our social media platforms Mm -hmm. and learn about how to organize using the products they purchase from us. Mm. It sounds like a lot of it has to do with your suppliers too. Because if you really curate your products for a specific group of people, then there's a lot of back and forth with suppliers who are not in Singapore. And how did you guys manage that? Right. So in the beginning, it was quite a hassle because we were a small team. So probably just one or two person doing that. Mm -hmm. But now we have a team who does a few of the liasing and the back-end side of things to help out in finding the best suppliers to fit the home organization scene that we are so focused on. So I guess in the initial stage, it's really going to trade shows like I mentioned, getting to know them personally as a real business partner, not just somebody that you email. I see. Basically form that personal connection with suppliers is really important. Mm. And then subsequently as we grow, you can have more people helping out with the back-end side of things mm. in terms of like maybe suggesting new features to the supplier, passing the information to the supplier, liasing them with new purchase orders mm. and things like that. And did Marie Kondo had anything to do with <laughs> your business <laughs> yes. or your focus? I would say it gave people that whole concept of organizing your home. Mm. Yeah, like, you know, you tidy up your home and you feel good. So yeah. people had this concept that if I organize my home, you know, my mind, I feel clearer, I feel mm-hmm. better. Yes. That's great. What about capital? Because you guys started this when you were in school, you were students. So how did you finance the business and the expansions that came along the way? Like, did you have to take a loan? Did you have mm-hmm. to empty your pockets right. or go call parents? <laughs> so in the beginning, because it was a part-time kind of mm-hmm. endeavor, we could afford to do so-called more risky things in which whenever we earn the profit from this batch of shipment, we would spend all the profits in the next batch of shipments. We can't do it now because it's really too risky. But in the beginning, when we are just starting out and we want to gain that momentum, we would actually focus a lot on getting the right products in and basically just reinvesting whatever profits or whatever funds we made back into the business and I remember we didn't take much salary in the beginning Mm. so that was definitely something that we sacrificed in the early stage but the good thing about starting early is probably the risk is lower so you can afford to do such things in the beginning 
But as you progress from just being a student and you go into a full-time role, the risk is definitely more hard to stomach. Mm, I see. Hi, I'm Adrian Tan. And I'm Crispina Robert. We are the host of a new podcast called Work It. We're here to get into the essential things that no one tells you about working and company culture from office politics to dealing with burnout. If you've ever wanted to eavesdrop on an interesting conversation by the water cooler, this podcast is for you. Look out for our episodes wherever you get your podcast. So how much does it take? How much did you guys put in and how much should others be prepared to put in if they want to start something like this? It's quite a unique situation for us. So I would say in our situation, even right now, it would take just a couple of thousand dollars, maybe $10,000, you could very easily get started. But I see the benefits in working with investors, such as investors that come in for Series A and Series Mm. B funding, because they not only bring in the funds, but they bring the connection as well. So if you are able to find investors that not only bring in the cash, but bringing some useful supply information, some partnerships that could add value to the business, I think is really helpful. But you guys are not just business partners. You guys are not just friends or schoolmates. You guys are engaged now. (laughs) And congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All that while running a business together. What's that like, starting a business with someone who you're dating? (laughs) <laughs> I'll let the ladies go I first say, <laughs> I say that with a face like, right. you know? <laughs> I would say at the start um, Young and hungry You know Just going all in I would say Starting a business I didn't expect that I would be In this Together with him like yes. In a sense um, The business It wasn't like Something that Was planned yes. Or anything So Just love aside It's <laughs> <laughs> You know It's very different I would say The first few years of the business, like me joining Star Degree as one of the co-founders, it was very focused on the business. But of course, weekends, we we try to manage our time, just creating that harmony between business, work and life. I wouldn't say there's no balance in that, mm. but that harmony, because we wanted to make it work. Maybe I was team. like 24, yeah. 25. Okay. So thinking about it in the timeline-wise, it was like, okay, we have a few years to test things out, mm. make sure that we grow the business. Mm-hmm. grow a team mm-hmm. in terms of working with a partner I think it's great for communication wise because he understands me I understand oh, him okay. you know it's much easier to talk there isn't any trust issues that's number okay. one which is which I find important because maybe if it's like a co-founder that you met through mm. networking sessions there's this kind of barrier or mm. you might not you have to, you, you have to get to know the person yes. better I think it's good to have clear roles and responsibilities yeah. okay. so showing is really good at the marketing side of things, mm. the front end mm. and the social media aspect, the content creation aspect. Mm. And for my end, it's more towards business development and products. Mm. So you can say that it's a little bit more towards the back end to make sure that things are running well. How many quarrels did you guys have? And would you <laughs> recommend this setup to others? We definitely do have mm. times where we disagree. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's like on a very weekly basis or anything oh, okay. like that. Probably like a month. <laughs> We, we do have like things that we try to talk it out in the discussion because like what Shane said, communication is really important. Mm, I see. Would you recommend it? I wouldn't say it's like a I would say yes, yes or, or no, no kind of thing. Yes. Okay. But yeah. you have to put the effort to make it work, yeah. like, I would say. I Through like clear roles and responsibilities, yeah, okay. having trust in one another. I see. Like mm. yeah. 
So if you had to start all over again, the business, not the relationship, <laughs> <laughs> what would you do differently? I think when we first started out, it was quite bootstrapped. So for example, things like our name, our logo, the design, we didn't really put too much thought in it. But now we realize that building a very powerful, solid brand that resonates with the consumers is very important. So maybe what I would do differently is really to create like a brand guide. Thinking of the colors, the icons, even going down to things like the font, the style, that we actually had to figure out along the way. But maybe if you were to build a brand that you really want to resonate and build it for the long term, maybe that branding aspect, I would mm. say putting more effort in it. Mm. For me, I would say it's more towards the product side because... In the earlier stage of the business, we were quite reliant on a few key suppliers that we didn't really diversify our sources. Mm -hmm. So if one supplier maybe didn't do as well, we couldn't quickly switch to another supplier. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to others who want to start an online business? For me, I would say to really love your products and your services because in the beginning, it's really quite hard to push through that difficult stage where you're just gaining traction if you don't really have a passion for what you're doing. Mm. So most of the times you're doing everything on your own from handling customers to maybe even packing the orders yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're not engaged with your product, it's very hard to push through the initial stage. So really having the passion and be open to new experience actually is also really important. Mm -hmm. If I haven't joined the entrepreneurship club in SMU, I probably wouldn't have met Shoyun. So really be open to... <laughs> <laughs> really be open to new experiences, meeting yeah. new people and trying to learn as much as possible to grow your business is really important. Mm. I would say for me, I think patience and thinking of the journey before the destination keeps you going. Yeah, okay. Not just the destination, which is like profits and things like that, but mm. try to enjoy the small things, which is the journey. Mm. Because okay. online business is very transactional, transactional sometimes. sometimes right. But if you actually think about it as you want to build a brand that lasts in the long term. Okay. You are more willing to create content that provides value to them, connect with them on a more emotional level. So I think patience is key. Like for example, our social media following, it wasn't built in mm. one year. It was built from 2018. Mm -hmm. We slowly, consistently post valuable content for our audience. Mm -hmm. Two to three years, then it started oh, okay. gaining traction. So I would say perseverance is also very important. Mm -hmm. You do need some kind of mental strength mm. in building a business because if you are someone who wants results to be very instant, you might be quite stressed over it. Yeah. But if you realise that it's a long marathon that you are in, not mm. a short sprint, mm -hmm. then I think you will try to enjoy the whole journey more. Mm. So I think this is like the foundation of the business. Yeah. So having the patience, the passion is the foundation. So once you have this foundation, you can have other building blocks to build on that foundation. For example, you can be more technical in terms of making mm -hmm. marketing decisions. And afterwards, you can think about other building blocks that you want to build as well. Mm -hmm. For example, in the operation side of things, which system works best for you? Mm -hmm. From there, one step at a time, you build up this castle with strong foundation and different building blocks. Mm -hmm. You mentioned gaining social media following. That's so important nowadays. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? When we really first started, we started from zero. Mm -hmm. I think the main core in our marketing strategy would be thinking of how we can create valuable content that engages the audience mm -hmm. 
and it's shareable. Mm. So that shareability part is very important because you realize that that's where it gets the most reach is when your followers helps you. Just a simple share on their IG stories, mm. their friends see it, and if their friends repost it again, that's where things grow bigger and things like that. So mm. creating shareable content, I would say, in this cluttered kind of social yeah. media landscape, it's exactly. very important. I would say social media, it's always changing. The next morning you wake up, there might be a new reel coming up. It caught us off guard also. Oh, really? Initially, we thought it was IGTV at the start. Oh, yeah, Remember? that's right. Right, one day Instagram decided to do things differently, yeah. reels. And now TikTok is getting popular also. Yeah. So everybody is trying to garner that attention from mm-hmm. consumers. But I think when putting out a video, I mentioned previously, we always think about what kind of value can we give to the audience. Mm-hmm. And what's next for you guys? Style degree. Because I know you guys are getting married. So that's <laughs> done. But how about the business? For us, it's really getting our core foundations right. Our product, our customer experience. So once we really fine-tune this aspect of the business, which is really important, then we can think about expanding to other countries, other mm. markets, and maybe other areas that our customers might be interested in. Mm. Yeah. And I think the people management aspect, many people overlook that because as you grow, right, you realise that it's not just about marketing. There's also this people yes. angle that you yourself as a founder need to learn from, yes. how you manage people, how you attract good talent and things like that. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we also can bring our showroom into a physical permanent retail store. So currently now, we have like a monthly showroom opening mm-hmm. that was very heartening to yeah. see our consumers coming down with their kids oh. and just exploring our showroom. It's a good kind of learning experience for us so that we know what attracts the audience when we actually open a retail outlet. So we are in no rush to open one, but we are happy with our current showroom monthly. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for sharing how you started your online business and how you made it a successful one. Setting up an online business is not a get-rich-quick scheme and it's actually this massive operation that you have to think about. Thank you so much. Right, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you on your show. Thanks. Thanks to my guests, Fu Chuan An and Tan Shuyun. If you enjoyed our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review You could also email us at cnapodcasts at mediacorp.com.sg. The team behind this episode is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Daniel Lee, and Crispina Robert. Till next time, this is Sarah Alcaldi.